Well, good morning again. I invite you to turn in uh, the scriptures to John, the 13th chapter. We're going to be looking at a very familiar passage of scripture this morning. And as you're turning, I want to say thanks again for who you are to us, the great support that you've been uh, these many years. And say to Pastor Joel as well, um, I'm grateful that he's here. Uh, you know, we kind of got dumped on him, as he said. Well, in some ways, uh, well, now, the guy, isn't the guy behind the pastor supposed to like keep saying amen and all this kind of stuff? And in some ways, um, you know, we didn't know him either. And, and it's wonderful when I've uh, had the occasion to listen to his messages, uh, his love and passion for God's word and his love and passion for the people of God in this place. And I, I give thanks to God uh, for who he is as well. One thing I always like to do before we look at a passage of scripture is to pray. Uh, I do that especially because um, I've read the Bible before. Uh, Some of you probably have read the Bible before too. And so um, I like to pray because I am asking God to show me something in this passage. And it's a passage I think very familiar to many of us. Uh, I would love to be in the place again where I'm reading scripture for the first time and trying to remember again how God first spoke to me. So I invite you to bow with me and to pray and to ask God to lead us through and to teach us uh, what it is that he has to teach us as we come to this passage. Let's pray. What a great and awesome privilege it is to have your word, your holy, sacred word, in a language that we can understand. A text that... um, Yeah, we don't always understand. We don't always grab and and comprehend every point. But Father, it is for us to hear your voice. And this is a great privilege. So we thank you for your holy word. We thank you for this holy church. Uh, We're not perfect. We're not without sin, that kind of holy but we're special to you. We're called out believers and followers. And so we pray that your holy word would work its way into our hearts to begin to change us and to work in us to be more and more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, you do that through your Holy Spirit and we never want to take him for granted. He is in our midst. Uh, He is in our hearts. And he will speak to us as we open our hearts to hear your voice today. Thank you, Father, for making even prayer possible through Jesus Christ and that great sacrifice that we have celebrated this morning. So we turn our attention to him and what he has said and what he has done. And we pray that in this story, in this account of Jesus, we would know how to live um, because of what you teach us in these moments. I pray these things and I give thanks again that you use weak, imperfect people um, to speak your truth. Be with me, Lord, and help me to be your voice and to hear from you even now. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we said before, we have been missionaries to Germany and 
I just thought um, what I would do was uh, show you a couple of uh, commercials from German television. Now, the first one needs a bit of explanation. Um, it is a, a man who has received an iPad, iPad for Christmas, uh, sorry, for a birthday gift, and the daughter is asking him if he likes the gift and if he knows how to use it. Sag mal, Papa, habe ich dich noch gar nicht gefragt. Wie kommst du eigentlich mit dem neuen iPad zurecht, was wir dir zum Geburtstag geschenkt haben? Gut. Bei den ganzen Apps kommst du klar? Was denn für Apps? Geh mal bitte die Schritt zur Seite. Das hier ist mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächter. Das Gerät und das Gerät. Überlebensradar. Mayday, Mayday. Hello, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you... Over. We are sinking. We are sinking. Hallo? This is the German Coast Guard. What are you thinking about? Okay, I'm glad you got those. That's good. So, you're probably wondering what in the world does that have to do with a message from John chapter 13? Well, here goes. Every time I come to a passage of Scripture that I've read over and over and over again and know really well, I ask myself, am I like the guy with the iPad who thinks he's got it? Who's looked at that so many times and figured it out on his own and thinks he knows and understands and is going about it all wrong? Or am I like the guy in the German Coast Guard who thinks he understands the message, thinks he's figured it out, but he hasn't quite got all of what the message is? Let's hear the Word of God and begin with that in mind. God, are you showing me something? Are you speaking to me in some way that I need to know and understand in this story entitled in my passage, in my version of the Bible, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover feast and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Or, as this translation that I have up here says, he showed them love to the end. The evening meal was being served and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Would you pause right there? I find this passage of Scripture extremely interesting because 
of at least one particular reason. The scriptures tell us exactly why Jesus is doing what we see him doing in this passage. Did you catch it? In John chapter 13 and verse 1, it says in this uh, translation that having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end or he showed them the full extent of his love. And so this passage is about Jesus showing love to his disciples who are right there before them. He knows that his time has come. He knows that his end is near. And this passage tells us exactly why he's doing what he's doing. You know, there are lots of things that you read in Scripture and you see Jesus doing and you don't understand why it's there. You come to some conclusion, but you don't have to do that with this passage. It tells us very plainly why Jesus is doing what he's doing. And it says he is loving them to the end or he is loving them to the full extent. It's a very interesting word. Sometimes we have uh, trouble translating it or understanding whether it's about time or whether it's about measure, extent. It's the word when Jesus is on the cross that he calls out uh, to those that would hear when he says, it is finished. It is finished. Now, did he mean time? It is finished in time? I think he did. Uh, It was the end of his human earthly life and he is saying, it's finished, it's complete, it's over. But he's also saying that the purpose of God is complete, that the full extent of his mission has been completed, that he is finished with what God has sent him to do. And he's calling out and saying, that mission has been accomplished. The work that God has sent him to uh, to do has been done. And so he is doing that same thing here. He's showing love to the very end of his life, time, there with the disciples in what would be his last evening, the last thing he does before he partakes of that final communion with his disciples. And he's showing the full extent of love. He's showing love perfectly and completely and fully, showing us what love looks like. And what does he do? In an act of humble service, the act that belonged to the lowest of the low of the slaves, he takes off his clothing, wraps a towel around himself, pours water into a basin, sees the disciples' dirty feet, and goes to each one to make them clean. I have heard it said, and I believe this to be true, that we are never more like Jesus than when we are serving. And Jesus is loving and showing love by the way he serves and by what he does, showing them full and perfect love to the end completely and doing this by loving them, by serving them. And so he performs this lowest of the lowly tasks. I love when he comes to Simon Peter, and this is this interesting dialogue that he says or he has as he comes to that rambunctious apostle Peter. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Now, I don't think that question is there specifically for this reason. But I think a lot of us 
a lot of us at one time in our lives have said, Lord, do you really know what you're doing? Uh, I think one of the reasons that I relate to the Apostle Peter so much is because he always asks the question that everybody, it's like the elephant in the room question. And the Apostle Peter asks the question of the Lord, do you really know and understand what you're doing? Are you really going to wash my feet? You know what I'm like. You know who I am. And you're going to do this for me. I know who you are. But Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. And Peter says, no, you shall never wash my feet. Isn't that a great thing to say to the Lord? Um, Lord, no. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but no. Uh, And I'm glad that's in Scripture too. I think a lot of us have come to the Lord Jesus and said, no, I I don't want it the way you're talking about it. I don't necessarily like the the plan that you have for me and the things that you're doing in my life. Um, I'm glad Peter verbalizes what sometimes goes on in my heart and my uh, argument and my consternation with what the Lord is doing in my life as well. And Jesus answered and said, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head. Let's go the whole nine yards. Let's get the shower while we're at it. But Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why He said, not everyone was clean. That makes me pause. I can never read this passage and never come to this text without remembering that Jesus washed 12 sets of feet. It underlines or underscores for us here in those last words that Jesus knew that there was one among them who was going to betray him. The same thing that was said earlier in the previous verses of the passage, that there was one in their midst, Judas, who was going to betray Jesus. And yet Jesus goes to every disciple and washes their feet, humbly serving them and showing the full extent of his love right to the very end. Even Judas, who was going to betray him. And even Peter, who Jesus will say, will deny him three times that night. And even Thomas, who later would doubt that Jesus was raised from the dead, and even James and John, who have just come, the passage tells us, from arguing about who would be first in the kingdom. And Jesus is not just showing love to people who are going along with Him, but showing love to people who will deny Him and betray Him and be arrogant about being first in the kingdom and who will doubt who He is. And Jesus is showing love to people who are a lot like you and me. 
But there's something interesting uh, about that passage that I don't want us to miss as well as we move on. He shows them love by serving. He performs the task of a lowest slave. I think I already did this slide. Uh, here we go. He washes all the disciples' feet. And then we read, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? It's important for us to notice that not only does Jesus do the act of serving, not only does Jesus reach out to demonstrate the full extent of his love, his passion for people, even those who would deny him, betray him, and doubt him. But Jesus pauses and he stops and makes sure that his disciples understand what it is that he has done for them. Jesus wants them, and by extension us, to understand what it is that he is doing at this moment. And so... Jesus says to them, do you know, do you understand, do you fully comprehend what it is that I have done for you? Now, there's several different words um, translated here, and in different Bibles you might have understand, you might have know, um, or words like that. It is basically the idea not just of having knowledge about something, but knowing how to do something. And so Jesus is not just saying, have you figured out what it is that I'm doing? He is saying, do you understand so that you can now do this? Are you in a position where you can grab and comprehend and put this into practice in your life as well? Jesus wants us to know and understand fully how he is showing love completely to the end. And so he asks, do you understand what I have done for you? He then says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. And I want you to pause right there. Jesus says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. I want you to imagine... For some of us, this will be more difficult than for others. But I want you to imagine that you've never heard this story before. Uh, Go back to the time, if you can remember, where uh, you were first reading the Bible or having it taught to you in Sunday school class, or uh, you had the New Testament that somebody gave you and you are reading it. Now, there may be people here this morning that have never heard this passage. I would love to talk to you afterwards and just hear how you would finish that sentence. How would you finish that sentence if you'd never heard that passage of Scripture before? Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, think about it. How would you finish that? Well, I want to tell you about two people um, who, when I asked that question to them, uh, what their responses were. The first guy, his name was Vinny. Well, it was actually Vincent, but he always went by Vinny around us. Uh, he was in the church that we pastored in New York. Uh, he was a great uh, guy. He was really funny and friendly and, and nice. He always went to the Catholic church uh, in the community, 
But he loved being around a group of guys that were studying God's word. And so he would come to our Bible studies and occasionally uh, to our Sunday night services because he liked learning about the Bible. Now, Vinny was very, very bright. He has since got his Ph.D. in English literature and he teaches at a university in New York Uh, an extremely bright person. And I always loved when he was at our Bible studies because he looked at the Bible like an English professor. Um, And so he saw the story unfolding and he saw what was happening and and he knew the plot and the character and he knew what was being... He didn't always know the deep theology and the things behind it, but he saw the story for the story itself. And so we were gathered around a group of about 10 or 12 guys and we were studying this passage inductively and we were trying to figure out what the text was telling us and we came to this passage and I had the guys read to just that far in verse 14. If I then, your Lord and teacher, washed your feet, have washed your feet, and then I said to them, how would you finish? And Vinny, who kind of always made a little sound before he started talking, made that little sound. And it was great because all the heads turned to hear what Vinny had to say. You know people like that in a group. Sometimes they kind of either clear their throat or whatever. And so Vinny said, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, pay attention. Pay attention. I'll never forget that. Because the way he saw it was, here Jesus was in the last hours of his earthly life, bringing his disciples together in an upper room. The whole book of John takes place over three years of Jesus' ministry, and this last five chapters is about one day in his life. Uh, John 13 through 17 is about just a few hours in Jesus' life. So the story is building, building, building until this moment when Jesus does something extraordinary that a a teacher and a Lord and a master of people would never do, he would bow down and wash his disciples' feet like the lowliest of servants. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have done this for you and washed your feet, pay attention. I love that answer. It's a great answer. It's just not in the Bible. But there is something to be said for that. Because that is what is happening in this story. We are being funneled down to this very significant moment in Jesus' life where now He is saying, if I then, your Lord and Teacher, in my last hours here with you, am showing you love to the full extent, and it looks like this, me humbly bowing down to serve you and to wash your feet, then you need to pay attention. Great answer. Uh, But it's not in the text. Uh, The other great answer that I will never forget came from a guy on the other end of the educational spectrum. Uh, His name was Kenny. Um, Kenny uh, Kenny grew up in the Bronx. Uh, He had a very thick New York accent. He was the kind of guy when he walked in the room, everybody knew it. Uh, He talked as if he were on a crowded subway yelling uh, all the time. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's the ears of people from New York City or something. I don't know. But they always like come into a room and it's like they have a megaphone when they walk in the room. That was Kenny. Uh, he was loud. Uh, he was um, young. Uh, he said to me one time that if he hadn't cheated off of his girlfriend uh, in high school, he never would have graduated from high school. Um, Kenny came to faith in Christ at an Amway meeting. 
he went away to this convention of Amway people, and there were some guys getting up early in the morning, and they were uh, praying. And he thought, well, hey, if these guys are praying, maybe that's the key to success and making a lot of money with Amway. I'll go to their prayer meeting. Uh, and they were talking about tithing, uh, at, in the prayer meeting, because there was a, a, a group of believers that were there, and they were talking about tithing, and Kenny figured, okay, well, maybe that's the answer. Uh, and he goes back to his hometown. He looks up in the phone book a Bible church, which I happen to be pastor of a Bible church, uh, and he came to church the next day with an envelope with his tithe money from several months back because he felt like he, he needed to make up some time. Now, how many of us do that? Um, and... Kenny called and said, what time are the services? And, and I said, you know, 11 and 7. Well, he thought, you know, 7 in the morning. And he was there at 7 o'clock in the morning uh, and waited until we finally got there for Sunday school time because he was so anxious to hear what God's word would tell him that would transform his life. Uh, his mother was dying of AIDS. Uh, he had very little education. He had very little... Uh, understanding, he didn't read books. Uh, he was just, like I said, he was on the other end of the educational world from a guy who was a professor of literature. Um, and so Kenny decided that God's word told him he shouldn't be living with his girlfriend anymore, and so they moved apart and they asked me if I would do the wedding for them. And so we were doing premarital counseling, and uh, I got Kenny alone and uh, Renee had done some time. They were together in the, the room. And then I said, okay, this is time I just want to talk to the groom-to-be and get them alone. Now, Kenny, we want to talk about love and talk about what love is. And I want you to read this passage because it's Jesus showing love to the full extent. And I want us to talk about what that means. And we got to this place in verse 14 where the Lord Jesus says, um, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for what is, that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, Kenny, how would you finish that? Kenny thought for a minute, so I said it again. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, Kenny, how would you finish that? And Kenny goes, You suckers wash my feet. <laughs> That's a great answer. It's not in the Bible, believe me. Um, but it's a great answer. And here's why it's a great answer. It makes sense. If the Lord Jesus, the Word of God revealed in the flesh as John describes Him, had come down to earth and lived among us and lived a life as an example for how we should live and then goes to the cross and dies for our sins and He washes our feet and bows down and stoops down in an act of service to show love to the fullest extent, the least we can do, is worship Him. And in an act of reverence and obedience, wash His feet and adore Him for who He is and what He's done for us. It makes perfect sense that our response to Jesus should be, God, we love You and we thank You for who Jesus is. It's why we celebrate communion. It's why we remember what has happened when Jesus came to the cross to die for us. We worship and adore Him for who He is. But... It's not what Jesus says. It makes sense 
that he would tell us, listen and understand. It makes sense that he would say, now do to me as I have done to you. But that's not what he says. Jesus says to them, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. Oops. See, I just get carried away. I'm sorry. Anyway. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. If the Lord Jesus Christ bows down before his disciples and in an act of service washes their feet and tells his disciples, now it's not about you bringing praise to me for what I've done, but what you should do is follow my example and wash one another's feet. He even says, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who has sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Here's my aha moment. Uh, this is the moment where um, I'm reading this text and I'm looking at these words that I have read so many times before and I realize that it's just like the German father who's using the iPad as a cutting board. Uh, that I'm just like the German Coast Guard guy who thinks he knows what the captain of the ship is saying. Because for years and years and years, I've been a Christian 29 years, for years and years and years and years, I read that passage and said, the way that I live that out is by showing love to my fellow believers. You know, I'll catch myself maybe at a church uh, dinner or something. There's a whole bunch of people gathered around and I'll pick up their plate and gather the plates of those that are on the table and I'll kind of go, I'm sort of proud of my humility right now. (laughs) You know, I'm... I'm washing these folks' feet. I'm serving them. I'm, I'm like Jesus. Um, I, you should be grateful I don't verbalize that. Um, but inside sometimes I think that's what it means to be like Jesus. And I kind of think maybe somebody will be outside with binoculars looking in and they'll say, look at that guy washing their feet or serving those people I think I'm going to be a Christian too. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying to the ones who will betray him, to the ones who will run away from him, to the ones who will doubt who he is, to the one who will deny him three times that very evening, to the ones who have just come from arguing about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. I'm showing you love. 
And I began to understand this is not just a passage for me to live out amongst my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a passage for me to live out in the world. To those who deny who Jesus is, I must show love like Jesus does. For those who will betray Christ Jesus with their lives and their actions, I must show love like Jesus does. And Jesus says, I'm showing you this, I'm doing this for you, so that you should wash one another's feet as well. You should reach out to those who, just like I'm doing, will betray and deny and doubt. And then he says, if you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Let's pray. Well, this is a very hard thing for us to live out, Lord. We're not made uh, quite that way. For those of us who have for so long read this text and said, I think I'm already doing that. Um, For those that were just like I was, thinking I had it all figured out. And maybe there's even more, Lord, that you need to show me. I pray that you'll help us to live like Jesus lived. Um, To follow his example, just like he says, now that I've done these things for you, uh, you should do them for others. Maybe there's some amongst us who've just never seen Jesus quite that way, uh, who's willing to reach into the lives of the doubters and the betrayers. Uh, Maybe we count ourselves among that number. Uh, Maybe even in these last moments or these last days, we've betrayed you with our thoughts. We've denied you word or action. I know we doubt you. Thank you that Jesus reaches down to, to serve us and to love us. And now help us to love those amongst us and out in this world who are a lot like these disciples who will run from Jesus, don't want anything to do with Him, who will doubt who He is, who will deny and betray who He is. Um, It's not just the one another in this room that we're to love, but those outside who uh, are like sheep without a shepherd. So help us to have compassion and love and to love them like Christ loved to the full extent of love possible. I pray that you would work these changes in my heart and our hearts as we submit to you in Jesus' name. Amen.